Hello, my name is David Tan, and you're listening to Like the Color. In this podcast, we dive into what makes creatives of all kinds do what they do and how they got so dang good at it. Today's guest is Allie Bristow, a New York City and Philadelphia-based model. Hi, everybody. My name's Allie. Um, I met David on a photo shoot a couple, I want to say like a year and a half ago. So I'm a full-time model and I have lived in New York City and Philadelphia modeling. Recently moved back to PA, um, but I've been modeling for about 12 years now. So I'm very much involved in the creative world. So modeling has also led me to you know, a lot of influencing via social media, as well as um, actually being behind the scenes on the creative teams of some of my current clients. So it's been pretty cool to kind of intertwine those two worlds. And I'm a creative at heart and it's, it's definitely something that like feeds my soul. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Cool. So how did you like find your way into the modeling as well as find your way into the creative world, like the behind the scenes stuff? Okay. So um Ever since, so there's a couple avenues that I've taken to end up into this creative world. Now we'll start off with um, when I was like, I want to say 10, I was, I would beg my mom to take art classes. So I've always been like super um, into art and drawing and painting. And from there, um, it was no surprise later on, I became a makeup artist as well. So at the same time, or about, I guess I'd say two years after I started modeling, I kind of dove into a makeup avenue and I ended up working on the weekends doing weddings for um, an agency as well, which is kind of cool because a lot of that is intertwined in, in the modeling world as well because it's like, you know, people doing test shoots for photographers that are for weddings or whatever you know it may be or, or makeup artists looking to practice or to looking to test shoot. You know, it's, it's really just kind of all these worlds intertwining. Um, if we go back to the, the start of where it all really began, that was when, of course, I started modeling. So I was, I want to say... 16 and I had been you know I'd been saying to my parents I want to model I really want to model I'm I was 5'11 I'm now six feet at the you know I was 5'11 at the time and everyone's like always saying like either do you play basketball or do you model um and basketball was kind of out of the <laughs> out of the question we tried it it didn't work um no I played a little bit of volleyball too but um that's my claim to fame when it comes to sports. Um, but then I ended up in modeling and I was 17 when I had my first casting. So I probably met my first agent when I was 16. I was in line in H&M and she said, you know, I, I hate to be a creep. Like, how tall are you? Like, have you ever considered modeling? And I said, um, yeah, I have. She said, I know it sounds crazy, but I actually do have an agency and I submit girls for QVC all the time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, that sounds great. You know, I'm 17 and I went on a casting for Tarte Cosmetics to QVC the next day. And I, was it the next day? So I guess I was 17. Sorry. I was 16 when I was trying to get into it. And 17 is when it kind of started happening. Um, so I went into a casting and I booked it and I worked that whole weekend at QVC, which is like a whole nother world. Um, it's pretty crazy, but I was live on air and it was like a very surreal experience. I, you know, always kind of liked makeup, but that was like the most intense. It was really funny because it was like TV makeup is way different than like everyday makeup. So it was yeah. my first experience being in the chair, having my, my face fully made up and then going on air. So that was really awesome. Um, from there, I ended up 
moving to a bigger agency in Philly, um, which is the agency that I'm currently with now and love them. And um, I started, I mean, I guess it started really picking up steam after my senior year because of course I wanted to get through high school and then I went into college and I was in Philly at college at Temple um, University. So it was really cool because I was like, my home base was where my agency was and where a lot of the work was. So I just started picking up clients in beauty, in fashion, editorial, a lot of bridal. I did a lot of bridal back then um, as well as runway. So that's where it took off. And I guess by the time I was like 20, I was like rocking and rolling in it. And it's pretty cool. Like Philly does have a market and a lot of people um, don't think that it does exist, but it does. (laughs) And it's really great because I feel like it's easy to have like a closer connection with those clients. So that's what I really love about Philly. Um, When I was around 22, I wanted to try the New York market. So I graduated from college and I moved to New York and I had like $0 in my bank account, but I was like determined to try it out because it had been something I always wanted to do. And I signed with a runway agency, mainly runway um, called APM. It was a lot of more editorial runway and I'm more, it's funny in Philly, I'm considered because I'm so tall, I'm considered runway editorial in Philly, but in New York, I'm like, I'm more so um, commercial because I don't fit the stats, which are, I'm six feet tall, right? So they want you to be a size zero too. And I was a two back then and it was still not small enough. So I think I quickly realized that that wasn't really a fit for me. However, I did get to do some really awesome shoots. Um, I walked for Uncle Rush, is that him? Russell Simmons. Um, He walked for his fashion line. That was really cool on, on the pier on the west side. I forget what that pier is called in the West Side Highway in New York, but that was like really awesome. Um, I did a couple, like I ended up learning how to do lingerie modeling, which was kind of cool because they forced, they kind of said, oh, this is where we want to see you go. So I felt Mm -hmm. like I was really pushed out of the box in terms of like the type of modeling I was so used to was not what I was doing in New York. Um, But then I realized it just wasn't really a good fit. Um, I ended up moving back to Philly because it was just way too expensive to be in New York and be like, I don't know, really. It's, it's all about like determining where you fit. And I think sometimes it's really hard as a model to figure that out. And once you do, it's actually like I'm going to talk about the past year and a half, two years that I've had, I've been me really coming into my own and figuring mm-hmm. out where I fit. And that's really the hardest part. I mean, it's a 10 year journey for me. And it took me up until the last two years to really understand the market I wanted to be in and where I truly thrived. Right. So 22, I, I went back to Philly. I, I went back to, I mean, I'm bridal. I was back on air QVC. I was doing a lot of just different things. And then I started hand modeling, which was bizarre because everyone's always said like, you have these crazy beautiful hands. You should really use them. So I I met an agent out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I just started like, you do learn. This is another skill you'll learn is knowing what you're good at and pushing for it. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was good at it and I knew um, there was a market for it and I had to find it and I found it. And I started booking these crazy like, shoots for like all hands and it was the greatest thing ever because it's corporate clients and corporate clients treat the models really well and I found these awesome clients and I just started working for them and I still work for them to this day I ended up with a shoot two years ago that like pushed me into Napa I was like shooting on it went from hands to like full body to like oh, we're going to actually end up shooting in Napa on a vineyard. It was like the craziest thing. So you never know where it's going to take you. So you should always take the jobs where you're like, mm, I don't know if I fit or mm, 
that's too small. You know, like never, yeah. nothing's ever too small, especially when you're starting out. You, it's called like paying your dues, right? You do things for free. You do things for maybe not the highest rate, but it's about the experience and it's about getting the, the background um, mm-hmm. and the things that will propel you, things that could possibly propel you forward, you know? So anyway, I just rambled, but yeah. that's kind of, I, I started back when I was around 17 and, and I'm still doing it, still going yeah. strong. Could we talk about uh, before you were saying about like finding your place and like finding where you mm-hmm. fit and like what makes you thrive? Right. How, how do you find that? Do you just keep doing things? How did that look for you? No, it's from it's from a lot of it's from a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's from a lot of being in a place where you're like, I do not belong here, but you have to be there to realize you don't belong there. Like New York City. I mean, I the funny part is I moved to New York two years ago. And it actually was a completely different experience because I had figured out who I was and where I fit. And I ended up at a commercial agency in in New York that I worked at Mm -hmm. because that's where I fit. But I didn't know that when I was 22. Um, I thought I needed to be a size zero too. You know, I'm over here struggling to be six feet tall, a 24 inch waist, 34 inch hip. It's just impossible. And you're trying to be this thing that you're never going to fit. And you have to honestly be in that place to figure out that it doesn't work, that's not working, that you don't belong there. The, and it's interesting how the market has shifted because when I be when I started, there really was this push for being a size two um, when I was doing runway and I was working at Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's, all those big, big department stores, like Lux department stores too, Barney's, you name it. So I felt like, well, when it was there still, um, I just felt like I was constantly trying to, I was stressing myself out all the time. It's like, oh my God, I have to, I have to fit into these dresses this weekend. Like we have a big show on on um, Friday night. Like what, what, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So I remember feeling like a little bit stressed constantly about fitting the size and you shouldn't be like stressed. Like that's not somewhere you belong either, you know? So I knew that it wasn't somewhere I, I wanted to stay long, you know? And yeah. and it's interesting now because I still book those clients because we've we've come into this era of like embracing all bodies, which I think is so awesome. Even if you were, it's not the difference between uh, model size two and plus size. It's more so like the people in between that are oftentimes just disregarded, like the sixes and the eights, like the street size models, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's finally a push for that and it's been embraced now. So I, I went from kind of feeling like I didn't fit. So now I do fit. But um, in regards to other places and figuring out where you fit, it's more, and, and I think it's more so being there and, and realizing, oh my God, I'm actually really good at this. You know, like, it's like when I realized I was good at makeup, you know, I kind of started, I always liked it and I always played with it. And then I had someone I knew dragged me into it and said, just put a brush in my hand and said, I know you can do it. Just help me out. Just be my assistant for the day. And I ended up as a senior artist with that same agency. So it's really crazy as I started, I mean, I'm not doing this. There's no way I'm painting someone's face for their wedding day. And then Mm -hmm. I ended up doing bridals and I was brides and I was like, the senior artist, you know, it was kind of crazy. So it's more so just putting your place, yourself into uncomfortable positions and figuring out this works, this doesn't. I really like this. Oh, I really don't like this. And coming into your own. And I think it's like over time, um, confidence develops, but I don't think it's always immediately there. I think it's about falling into your own, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. You have, you, have you had like experiences before where, 
you started doing something, you liked it, and then you tried something else and you like found out that that experience before was like definitely where you wanted to go. It was when I moved to New York the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, I really want New York, you know, I really mm-hmm. want it. And then you get there and you're like, oh, you're a very, you're a very little fish in a huge pond. And mm-hmm. I just went from being like the big fish in the little pond, you know, from Philly. And a lot of the clients are the, are similar. And we do have, like I said, a market in Philly. And I went from this place standing in lines and there's so beautiful women in line and it's not about who's the prettiest it's more so like i mean sometimes i say it's a matter of luck you know you never know like new york's full of beautiful people and it's a harder market you're competing with the world essentially so yeah i mean i guess i just felt like new york wasn't a fit so it was more like let me try it and i'm glad i tried it because i learned so much but I ended up coming back to Philly and it was like, okay, now I'm going to rock and roll in different markets here because where else can I put myself? So I started doing hand modeling. I started like, I started trying to work with clients on a different creative basis, like how I ended up working for one of the hair brands I've been with for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like another creative avenue I took. I just started finding other ways I could implement myself with the clients um, and also just stay self-employed and and grow right so that's the goal ultimately yeah definitely in today's where we're at now we definitely need a little more like creativity like creativity and like independence in yeah doing that yeah oh yeah especially with i mean there's bookings that they've been sending us that are all about like hey can you guys do a simple makeup routine in the bathroom Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's all on you. Like you have to have these skills. It's, it's like I went to school for journalism, right? And they always said, you have to know how to be a one-man band. And I was like, I have to be a one-man band, like all the time. I mean, it's, we have to know how to do these things, you know? So in this podcast, I've had so many questions. And I found a lot of insight through listening to audiobooks. Listening to audiobooks while doing chores around the house, working out or just going for a walk has been such a great way to intake information. I listen to my audiobooks on Audible. You can help support this podcast and start your free 30-day trial on Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash likethecolor. That's audibletrial.com slash likethecolor. There's also a link in the show notes. What do you think was like an experience that happened in the last, I guess, two, three years that mm-hmm. has taught you the most, maybe like a high and a low, something you never want to try again, some experience you never want to play around with, and then like a high of like, I want to recreate this like creative situation and have more moments like that. I have a lot of my highs and I have I have a couple... I'm trying to think of my lowest of low. In the past two to three years, I haven't had too many lows in regards to modeling or creative because that's when I started figuring it out a little bit Mm -hmm. more. Um, But before that, I definitely had a lot of them. I'm trying to think. Something I'm proud of or was like a high was, I mean, I moved back to New York. That was two years ago. Um, And New York had originally been something that I was so scared of. And I was like, it didn't work the first time what's going to make it work this time mm-hmm. as far as modeling and, and things like that. And I ended up 
like thriving in New York. And it was just like the greatest last two years of my life. And I'm, I knew that, you know, I was planning on heading back to Philly in the fall. Obviously that happened sooner because of, of the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, but I think I'd have to say like the high was just moving back and, and figuring it out and like really feeling like I found my place in a city that had scared the living crap out of me. And it was like the first time, the first go around was kind of like, I dipped my toes in the water and then I ran back home. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt like this time I really took the deepest dive into that city for everything it is. Um, people, the places, just like, meeting other creatives there's the creatives in new york city are like just the greatest of all time there's a creative everywhere and i feel like that was the coolest part was being like surrounded by them and that's what i'm gonna miss the most but i ended up just doing other other things in that world because of my modeling relationships so i think like the biggest high was just like fully embracing new york and having it like work work out and not only just work out it just like I just learned so much in that period of time and like just absorbed a lot of new things and learned so much about myself, you know, in terms of like creativity and also like self-discovery. So that was like a high. Um, And then a low, I mean, I have a lot of, as far as like the creative world goes, um, I guess like some part of it was, you have to kind of give up the clients you have here, right? And the creative world you've like made for yourself and the place like leaving Philly was actually kind of scary too. Yeah. Like embracing New York was great, but like the low was like saying goodbye to all your clients that you worked with for years and being like, Oh my God, if I come back, am I never going to get booked again? Are they going to forget who I am? Like, am I, am I off this map? Am I starting a new one? And I don't even know if I fit there yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's a low, but like, it's kind of scary. Like it's not necessarily, you have to let go of something to embrace something new. Yeah. Like taking that leap, not knowing. It's a leap of faith. It's a leap into the unknown. And the first time it didn't work. So it was more like, but I knew if I didn't do it, it'd be something I'd think about for like ever. So had to do Mm it to take chances. You just have to jump. You'll land on your feet. (laughs) <laughs> I had this makeup artist one time say that to me. She's like, you're an alley cat. Just jump and you'll land on your feet. I was like, okay, apply it to my life. Yeah. And that's what you did in New York, right? Yeah. How, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. So talking about like creativity, are there any like personal projects that you work on to try to stay creative? Yeah, all the time. Um, I'm I'm constantly like recently in quarantine, I've been like doing a lot of video um, and content and just like video and photo. I've been working a lot of with a lot of the brands that I feel like I didn't have enough time to do extra things with because I was working, you know, mm-hmm. so much. So I feel like the slow time I've been, I've been reading books. So I'm reading my books again and I feel like I'm pumping the brakes big time. I feel like I have like when you're slower, you you can like feel it again. Like sometimes it's not just go, go, go. You're like a robot. I mean, for so long, like that's why I felt like I had to leave Philly too, because it was like, I was doing the same thing every day. You know, mm-hmm. it was great. I loved my clients. I was working like my butt off, but I felt like I was kind of a robot because it was like the same thing. It was the same bookings. It was the same. There was no new challenges and no nowhere to fit in any creative space or like thoughts, right? 
<laughs> and then there was New York and that's like even more of a bustle bustle and you're yeah. constantly yeah. going. And I used to have like, I always say I have my best thoughts when I'm driving. I'm like New York, I never had a car. Mm. So now yeah. I feel like I'm driving again and I'm like having all these thoughts like I just told you. I put together, we're working on a business plan for our girlfriends when I do a big podcast on like, you know, more so like embracing your, I don't know, it's more about like self-discovery and like mm-hmm. how, how our, our path has led us to where we are now and like dating and just all this crazy stuff that girls go through. So we've been talking about this and we're drafting that. So I've had time to think about things like that. Um, and then of course, video, I'm hoping to get into YouTube because I know I need to. It's just like, it's a second job, you know, so you really have to commit. So I've been, and also I've been all over the place. So it's been hard to have like a home base to keep things steady. So I feel like I finally have one now and I'm going to end up just staying here for a little while. So that's what I'm hoping to do going forward. Um, But a lot of it's just reconnecting with brands who are in need of content too, because everybody is, no one's really doing photo shoots right now. So everybody's Mm -hmm. really open to like, Oh yeah, let's try something new. Let's, you know, a lot lot of like influencing via Instagram and then a lot of like videos for the hair brand I work with and and other companies. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. So if people wanted to reach out or check out what you're doing and then hopefully when your podcast does uh, take off, check that out, how would people be able to find you? Well, we're working on an Instagram for that podcast and all of that jazz, but that'll be with my, me and my three girlfriends. Um, but my Instagram is at Bristow underscore. You can find me there. Um, and that's probably the best way to reach me. Thanks again to Allie for coming on today's show. If you want to check out any of her work in social media, the links are in the show notes. Thanks again to Brenton Wade Scott and the band Jaden for providing today's episode's music. If you want to check out any of their music projects, the links are in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode. My name's David Tan, and that's Like the Colors.